Did y'all's health people? I know that South Carolina that their health people said they have to go back to homeschooling. Um. Well, or was there exposure? I think it was kind of like an everybody thing because uh, I think they said 125 of the public school workers um, contracted COVID, I guess, over the holiday break. And I don't know if that included like students. They didn't like put it all in there. They just said uh, the Gwinnett County, which is our county, uh, it was 125 of the public school workers contracted it. So last week they sent us an email and told us this week we're going to be on uh, back to digital learning. And then I guess they'll reassess on the 25th or at the end of this week to see if they're going to go back or if they're going to wait longer. So we don't know yet. So sorry. <laughs> so I heard sorry. the UK has, they have already had a, a three, another three months shutdown. So I'm like, well, at least we haven't hit the three months. They said one week. So. Oh, <laughs> I'm hoping that doesn't happen here. Yeah. Oh, goodness. Hey, y'all. Welcome to the Awkward Mom Stage podcast, a podcast where Lola, that's me, a millennial mom, talks to friends about life, motherhood, and everything in between. Every Wednesday, I bring you topics that we all struggle with, whether we're a parent or not. Every stage of motherhood is awkward. Whether you have one kid or six, you're a dog mom, or you feel like your partner's mom, things can get messy. I'm for sure an awkward mom navigating all the growing pains that come along with millennial mom life feel stuck in an identity crisis feel like your life lacks direction goals feel distant well you're not alone tune in every wednesday as i go through the crazy coaster called life with you this podcast celebrates motherhood in all forms for exactly what it is awkward i'm your host lola nicole grab yourself a glass of water or wine whichever suits your day and get ready because the awkward mom stage starts now hey guys and welcome back to the podcast if you're new here hello how are you and welcome to the awkward mom life if you're old here hey y'all i missed you On today's episode, I sit down with Laura Hernandez, wife, mother of 10 children, yes, you heard me right, I said 10 kids, and the founder of Mama Systems. Hear her story of foster parenting, adoption, how she added four kids to the family in six months, and I find out how and why she started her company, what she does, and how it can help you. We talk all about the things moms struggle with most when it comes to getting things done. This episode is for anyone, really, but especially for my moms like me who feel overwhelmed, burdened, or like they can't do it all. Well, I got some inside tips on things we can do in the household to make it less chaotic and all around a happier and healthier place every day. I think for sure Laura is the perfect person to talk about implementing systems in the home to make it less chaotic all the time. And if you think she doesn't know a thing or two about overwhelm, you'd be mistaken because did I mention the 10 kids part? (laughs) So if you want to learn about Laura, hear her story and find out ways to help with quieting your at home everyday noise, then I'll stop chatting and let's get into this episode. So I always um, like to introduce my guests at the beginning of the episode, but I always like for them to kind of say who they are, uh, tell what they do and how they came about their expertise. Perfect. My name is Laura Hernandez, and I am the founder of Mama Systems. And the way we came about Mama Systems was we had added three 
adopted buddies and had our fifth biological kid in one year. And so we added four kids to our family within like a six month period. And it went, yes, it was, it was a lot. And so I remember just trying to get through the days and kind of living in survival mode of if I can make it to bedtime, we'll be okay. Like we just (laughs) got to make it to bedtime. That's all we have to do. And finally I came to a point where I was like, we can't live this way. Like these people aren't going anywhere. It's not like just a phase. They're going to be here forever. we got to figure out something. And so I had to be really intentional in trying to figure out what would work for our family. You know, I'd read books and blogs and all the things and podcasts, and nobody had our unique family. Like, right. They they were in public school. The three were in public school. The rest of them we homeschooled. Um, we had some adopted, some special needs, some like it was just a, a splattering of things. We had therapists in and out of our home all day. And I mean, it was just a lot. And so I had to kind of just take bits and pieces of all the things and create systems that worked for our family. And after a couple of years of doing that, I was like, Hey, you know what? Our home is really peaceful and not chaotic and it's kind of wonderful. And what if I can share my process with other mamas and help them? Because I know so many moms feel that way. They feel overwhelmed and burdened and like they can't do it all. And we can create systems where they can get it all done. And that doesn't mean that they're all of a sudden superhero moms, but they know how to ask for help and what to let go of and how to live a more peaceful and intentional lives with their people. Right. I feel like, well, I only have three, so I can't imagine having 10 and make my house seems chaotic at all times. So I don't even know how you would do that. <laughs> well, we start, so I do private coaching and with that, we kind of start with assessing all the things. So what is overwhelming to you? What let's, I mean, let's do it right now. What feels most overwhelming to you? For me, I feel like it's, it's scheduling, just making sure that I have, that I get everything that needs to get done, done in a day without feeling exhausted by like midday. Yes. Okay. So we probably start with all, I would have you write down all the things that you do during the day. So dishes, laundry, picking up, um, homeschooling children, taking people to appointments or sports or whatever they're doing and write all of that out and kind of assess what really needs to happen each day. And from there, we go to look at three things. We go to look at automate, delegate, and eliminate. So what things can we just, you know what, dusting your house every day doesn't really need to happen. Right. I'm not saying, not saying you do that, but (laughs) uh, there's some moms that have like vacuumed the floor every day. I'm like, we could maybe do that once a week and your life would be okay. We don't need to run ourselves ragged because of that. Um, And so, kind of eliminating some things or paring down some things and then automating things like what can be automated. So I know at now everybody is doing grocery delivery or grocery pickup. So I'm so, so grateful for that for mamas that they get yeah. to offload that. I preached that a lot before all of this happened. So I'm glad that everybody's kind of on board now because <laughs> so it's just one less thing you have to do during the week and then doing things like the things that you don't have to do that don't have to be done by mom. We're going to delegate out to the kids Right. We're going to ask our husband, we're going to ask friends and family, like, how can we carpool with people, get rides hooked up? Like, what can we do to lighten your load? And the tricky thing about this is that we have to ask for help. Right. And that's such a struggle. I know I struggled with that for so long. And there's so much pride there to think I can do it all. I'm this mom that doesn't need help from anybody. I got it covered. But at the same time, we don't. <laughs> we're falling apart. And right. <laughs> at the end of the day, we're exhausted. And so I found so often that the, that vulnerability piece, I don't know why I'm going to cry talking about this, but I am right now. Okay. Um, I think that vulnerability piece of just saying like, hey, I can't do this. I need your help. 
and putting aside a lot of what people think about us, I think that's a huge step to creating intimacy in our relationships with others, getting self-care for ourselves, and really freeing us up to enjoy our life and enjoy our people. Right. Yeah, I feel like that a lot that's hard for me asking like I'm just like okay well you see how much I'm doing so like clearly I can get it all done because no one's gonna help me otherwise but I haven't actually asked for the help I'm just like struggling through all the things and like well is anyone gonna help me but like they can't help you if they feel like you got it yeah and they don't know how to help like our our little people don't they have no idea how to look around the room and assess oh, look what a mess this is. What should I do to help? Like, they're right. not going to do that. So um, I will often help mamas kind of think through those things that their kids can do and setting really clear expectations with their kids. of like, okay, at this time in the morning, these are your morning jobs. This is how we're going to do this. And in the evening time, these are your afternoon jobs. So this is how we're going to do this. You're going to be in charge of picking up all the adults. So being very specific about what it is that they're in charge of. And this also helps you as a mama, because then you can go into the room and see the dolls on the floor and know, ah, Sally, you didn't do what you were supposed to do. Right. Or Martin, you didn't get the get the Legos up off the floor. Like, you know exactly who hasn't done their jobs when you're very specific about it. Right. Yeah, I just rearranged my kids' rooms. So we'll see if they if they keep my system intact. So far, so far, <laughs> so good. But sometimes they get a little astray and they're like, well, mom will fix it later. It's fine. Mm. Yeah, be consistent and go back to them and say, you can fix it. Yeah, capable of doing this. that's also something I struggle with is the consistency. Eventually, I'm just like, I'll just do it. But it's like, no, you have to keep telling them to do it or else they're going to be like, well, I'm going to do it. I know if I don't do it 10 times, she's going to go behind me and do it. So I just won't do it. 10 kids, that's a big family. So was that your dream of like a large family or did it just kind of happen that way? Uh, we, I had always wanted a really large family and my husband wanted two. And so we kind of met in the middle <laughs> a little bit because I was up to like wanting 20 or something like that. And I knew that we always wanted to adopt. And so that was kind of one of our, one of our ground rules for even considering marriage was that he was on board with adopting as well. How it all played out was not anything like I had planned. So we had one, two, and three all were not planned. Clearly, we love them, and it's wonderful and perfect, right? But we did <laughs> not we did not plan them. And then right. after our number three, Tony said, I think that if we're going to adopt, we need to do it now because I don't know if I can do any more than four. Like, we need to go ahead and get on that train. So just in case we accidentally get pregnant again, like we got to get that one done. And so we went to adoption training at our church and or like an adoption class where we learn about all the different types of adoption and how they all happen and what they're like the logistics of it all. And um, I had really wanted to adopt from Africa and he really had wanted to adopt from China. And so we knew we couldn't move forward until we were on the same page because there's kind of a big difference there. And so one of the panels that came up to talk was a foster care panel and we listening to them, we both looked at each other and go, Oh crap. Like, this is what we're supposed to do. We just knew that was it, but nobody wants to do foster care because it's so hard. You know, children are going to be taken yes. away from you and you're going to be attached. And it's just hard. It's such a roller coaster the whole way through. So we went ahead and pursued foster care and we had a little boy placed with us named Andrew and he was with us for eight months and then went back to his mom. She meanwhile had two more and we meanwhile had two more. All three of the men. And so we had, then we had our eight. Okay. And then, 
And then the other two were also fun surprises. And we do know how it happens and we do know how to stop it. But I just, um, I don't know. We're not there yet. So, yeah, I think that that's us. I mean, we we have three and then we had a fourth, but she passed. I had a late miscarriage. So we haven't, people always ask like, oh, are you going to have more kids? Like, are you done having kids? And I'm just like, I don't, we didn't really make the decision, whatever we're blessed with right now. 10, I'm pretty sure my husband. <laughs> okay, ma'am, no. Yeah, that's a lot to take on. And you said you got three or four in a, a six month period? Yes. Yeah, so we had just had our, our fifth biological and, um, then took them in six months later they were with us so okay that's awesome though I understand you have is it one or two special needs we have three so our three that we adopted um this is this is something I feel really passionate about (laughs) not not our story but just um kind of bringing light to the situation so we had we had adopted the three of them. And we kept waiting for them to catch up. Like in all the books that we'd read about adoption, it would say, you know what, they're going to be delayed for a while because they've had so much trauma. But once, once they get into a safe home and they're loved on and they feel secure, they're going to start to catch up and you're going to see great improvements. And and we kept waiting for that to happen and it never happened. And so there's a lot of like, am I not doing this right? Am I not creating a safe environment for them? And it feels a lot of guilt and shame and all of those things that mama struggle with. And I couldn't, I couldn't figure it out. And so we finally, after Matthew had a seizure one day, um, you know, there were so, there were so many things that were just big question marks of like, I don't understand why you're doing that or why your body is doing this or whatever, whatever X was, but he had a seizure one day and we went to the neurologist and he said, you know what? He's, he's intellectually and developmentally delayed. And what that means, that's the new PC term for mental retardation. I had no idea. Okay. And, it just means he's really behind. And so from that, I was like, oh, maybe all of them are. And so we went, got all of them evaluated and all of them were diagnosed with fetal alcohol syndrome disorder. Okay. And then kind of that's like the umbrella. And then there's so many things under there that kind of fall into play. So the intellectual and developmental delay, Andrew has growth hormone deficiency. And that just means his body's not producing that growth hormones. We have to do shots every day. Matthew has had a lot of bowel issues. Hannah's emotional. She's like an emotional role. <laughs> roller coaster. And so my heart is just that people would look, keep kind of pursuing their gut on things and not like I I make up that there's a lot of kids in the system that have fetal alcohol syndrome disorder and parents are just kind of waiting around for them to catch up and they're not catching up. But on the other side of those diagnoses, there's so much help. And so you can apply for government programs where you get help during the week and like, I, I guess I think like it's hard anyway. So why don't you take advantage of this and get help in your right. home? Yeah. You and carry that burden. Cause it's not like with these guys, we're not looking at, okay, we're done at 18. It's they're going to be with you for the rest of their lives, you know? Right. So it's a marathon and we're going to get help along the way. Cause you can't do it all. Right. And I totally commend you guys because not, I feel like it's, it's a lot harder. I would assume for children with more issues being adopted or fostered because people don't necessarily want to deal with all that comes with it because it is a lot more just being a parent at that point. It really is. I mean, it really is. And I know that often I'll hear things. There's also a piece of this where I'm like, I I struggle with so much shame and like, what are people going to think of me when I'm about to say what I'm about to say? But there's often a people will talk about special needs kids or they'll talk about, um, 
adopted kids and they're like, oh, but there's so many joys with it. And every time they say that, I'm like, oh, uh-huh, yeah, so many joys. But inside, I'm not feeling that. I'm not feeling right. the joy of it all. Like I know beyond a shadow of a doubt that we were obedient and we did what we were being called to do. And so I, I don't regret it by any stretch of the imagination, but nowhere, nowhere is a very strong word, but I kind of feel that way sometimes. Like nowhere in it is it like, oh, such great joy that we've, we have them a part of our family. Does that make sense? Right. Yeah. It's just really hard all the time. Like they yeah. come home from school and everything goes like it just, everything is more chaotic and more loud and it's just a lot. So I, I kind of want moms to be free from that. Cause you see people that give back children and it's so easy to judge and to, to, to be critical of them. And I get that. Like, cause I'm, I've been there too, where it's so easy to be like, what's wrong with them? How could they do that? But being on this side of things, I'm like, I get it. It's so hard. It's so yeah. hard. And so if you don't know that that's what you're called to do, then I feel like it's an easy, you know, it's like marriage, right? Yeah. Like, <laughs> It's so hard sometimes, and I'm. I can see why people would be like, "I'm done. Let's get a divorce." Yeah. But at the same time, there's this commitment you made to Him and to God that is too much. Like you have to choose that commitment to the Lord instead of moving forward with um, with what you want. You right. know. Yeah, that's, I feel that way with my husband sometimes. I'm like, <laughs> I love you, but it would be so much easier if I could just pack my bags and leave right now. You are getting on my nerves. <laughs> So do you homeschool any of the kids or are they all in school? Just our special buddies are in school. The rest okay. of them are home. Okay. And have they've been homeschooled like their whole schooling career? Yeah. And it, well, here's the deal is I, <laughs> I really thought that there was no way in anything that I could ever homeschool because right. I just don't want to do it. And my husband was all for it. And I was like, no, I just don't want to do it. So finally got that issue to rest. And then very soon after I was like, I think I'm supposed to homeschool. I think that's what I'm supposed to do. Of course I did not tell him this. Right. So I wrestled with it for a while before I like even brought him in on my, my thought of, I think, I think they're supposed to be there. I have had so much fun homeschooling them, like our co-op and our curriculum and all of that. I've learned so much. Yeah. And it's so fun. Like everything we learn is to song. And I mean, it's just, it's too much fun. We watch a lot of documentaries and so I get to learn along with them and that's, it's been a blast. At first, I wanted to homeschool because I have a friend who is like amazing at homeschooling. She homeschools her two kids. They're still uh, one is in kindergarten and one's a little younger. So they don't have like that full curriculum. Like mine are in three different levels right now. So I have high school, middle school and elementary school. So it's a little it's a lot different for me than it is for her. But for her, like she's just great at it. Like she's got the the room and the the folder like she has the whole curriculum. And I'm like, I don't even know how your brain was able to pull all that together. Like I can't, <laughs> they give us the curriculum for this digital learning right now. And I'm still like, what are we supposed to do? Like there's so many things that you have to do. So I, I commend anyone that is doing homeschool and succeeding at it, especially before this, like all of us parents are like freaking out and all the homeschool <laughs> parents are like, okay, we've been doing this. We've got it. Well, I really think that doing digital learning, because I had our people home when the school was canceled for digital learning, it was too much. Yeah. I couldn't do it. It's like, so, it's just it's too just much. So many folders and links and it's just a lot. And for my kindergartner, I'm like, she was not built for these Zoom meetings. Like she checked out after like a good 30 minutes. She's like, okay, are we done now or no? And her friends, you just see them bouncing all around the screen. So I'm like, I don't <laughs> know how these parents are, are doing this homeschooling for fun. Like I don't, 
they wanted to do this. Yeah. I think it's just very different because we can get school done within like a two hour period and yeah. be done for the day, you know, but with digital learning, you're there. Right. And I think a that's of the, the main thing is where you're literally on a school schedule at mm-hmm. home. So it's not like your own homeschool curriculum where you're just making sure they're getting everything they need. They're like, oh no, you have to be here every hour on the hour. We want to see you on the camera doing our lessons. So I think that's the hardest for me is just I have to follow someone else's schedule as well as my schedule and then my husband's schedule and then my work schedule. So <sighs> it's just too much. Yeah, it's definitely yeah. a lot. So I, I'm, I'm trying this year to focus more on being more organized in but then also not putting too much on my plate, on my to-do list for the day. Because I feel like sometimes my to-do list is like a mile long and I freak out when I only have like two things checked off. And it's like, okay, but were those two things like big things? Like, did it take you a long time? And I just have to work with myself on being more patient and trying to get my get my mind together. So it is less chaotic at home because sometimes it can be the day just gets away from me and I'm like, how, like, where did the time go? I just sat down. (laughs) Uh, I often try to encourage mamas to just pick three things during the day. So when you're sitting down in the morning with your coffee or whatever, just to pick three things that like have to get done that day. Right. And everything, anything else that happens, is just icing on the cake. Right. But when you get to the end of the day and you're like, Oh, I did my three things. You have a sense of accomplishment and not frustration and beating yourself up because of it, you know, Right. Yeah. Cause that's me. I'm like, okay, well I only did three out of the 12 things I had on this list. So <laughs> clearly I didn't do much today. So the picking the three things, do you see that that kind of helps with the overwhelm and then they kind of, the rest of the day just kind of flows after that? Yeah. And so, yes. And one of the things I feel like this is a much bigger question. Uh, one of the things that I encourage mamas to do is to batch their days which means you're doing all like tasks all in one day. So either laundry day or cleaning day or um, office day where you're kind of handling all the calls and stuff like that. So when you have that set up in place, it's so much easier. So instead of like looking around the house and be like, oh my gosh, I have to mop. I have to do laundry. I have to clean. I have to, you're just seeing everything that has to be done. Right. I know that today is our kitchen day and I'm going to go in there and I'm going to brown meat for the week. I'm going to cut up the veggies for the week. I'm going to do everything I need to do for all the meals this week. And that's all I have to do. I'm not touching laundry. I'm not cleaning, like deep cleaning anything. Um, and all the other little cleaning tasks I've delegated out to kids. So we have a plan for everything. Okay. Yeah. That, I mean, that, that actually makes sense. I feel for me when I'm, when I am doing my to-do list, I don't necessarily like section it off on like kitchen, bedroom, stuff like that. I just kind of like write it all down. And so I think that a kitchen day and a bedroom day and stuff like that, I think that actually makes a lot of sense. Yeah, I have a whole little batch working course that teaches you all about it. So, okay, well, you're welcome to go watch that. It's on my on the front page of my website. I also have found that you standing in one place. So, like, if you're cleaning off the kitchen counter, and the moment you walk away, you're going to get distracted. Right, you're going to go take something to the laundry room, and you're going to find fifty other things. So you're going to come back and put the kitchen counter still a mess, and then you pick up one more thing and go take it, and then you find five things along the way to do. Right. So if I can manage to stay in one spot when I'm doing a task and then call children in to help and say, okay, Amelia, I need you to go put all this stuff in the garage. I need you to go put all this stuff in the lunchroom and just delegate things out to kids. It takes them two seconds, right? And they're not really disturbed. It's not a huge thing for them. They're not going to find 50 things along the way that are going to distract them. 
because they're not looking around stuff that needs to happen. Right. But then you can get that test done in like, like a 10th of the time. Like it just, it doesn't take long if we can delegate things out to people. Right. Yeah. I think that I have to work on delegation. I feel like I just kind of like take over the task. Like, okay, well, I just want to get it done. I want to get it done my way. So I kind of do it myself. And then everyone's just like, okay, well, she's going to do it anyway. So I'm just, I'll just hang out here then. And I have to, <laughs> I have to work on being like, no, okay, you can let go a little bit and let them help you. Otherwise you're going to be exhausted. Yes. Yes. I think that often if I'm not delegating things out to them and they're not helping, like we, we haven't, we're not pulling in together with our team mentality of everybody helps because we all live here. You all eat dinner. We're all going to help get dinner on the table. Right. Like if I'm not pulling that in and using that, I find myself very bitter. Like kids are in there watching TV and I'm like, well, I got to get dinner. I got to set the table. I got to, where have you been? What are you doing? And then I'm angry at them. I'm bitter. I feel resentful. Like there's a million emotions there that are not great. But if I'm able to kind of step back and have them come in and help and be a part of the team, it first of all gets done way faster. But second of all, I find that I'm like joyful that we're all doing this together. Right. You know, so it changes your whole mentality and like the goodness of how you're feeling that day. Yeah, I think it actually does make sense because when they are helping, I feel like I feel better because I'm like, oh, look, I'm helping. They're being so helpful. And it's like, yeah, well, you told them a chore to do. It's not like kids aren't going to just be like, let me do the dishes for you. Like that just doesn't happen. So if you're delegating stuff, it does make the time go by faster. It makes your workload feel less because other people are helping. Because even when my husband helps with like cooking or dinner or the dishes or something it's always like oh that's one less thing I don't have to do I can sit down now that's nice yes what do people come I guess complain about the most when it comes to their home life and because I I know uh, especially with COVID a lot of moms started like side hustles and stuff like that and now they're just trying to figure out how to mesh that side hustle with their regular job and their kids and their home life so what do you feel is like the I guess the best piece of advice for just getting started with kind of pulling all your stuff together so everything doesn't feel so chaotic? Yes. I think the first first question you asked was what feels like the number one thing I hear most often from mamas is the phrase, I feel like I'm drowning. And I think a lot of that's because they're doing it all and they don't have a plan for what they're doing. And so creating a plan is kind of the number one Number one thing, creating a plan for everything. And so writing it all down and making sure that, I mean, making sure that you have a plan for everything, but it's not you who's doing every little task of, of the things, delegate things out. And then the things that you are going to do that are only able to be done by you, how can we make them most efficient and most effective? And so then creating a plan with that. And so I love, again, batching days. I feel like that's such a blessing to me in so many ways, because it doesn't feel like you're not in an ocean of things, but you're instead just looking at a small pond of, right. of tasks that have to be done that day. And I think that's the most helpful. Yeah, I think I feel like batching is like all across the board for like work, home life, everything. That's what I keep hearing. It's like, well, if you just like batch this amount of stuff, then you don't have to worry about it after that. You get a one chunk of things done and then move on to the next. And then you have something to kind of come behind you so you're not consistently doing the same thing over and over if that makes sense to make my time worthwhile I batch a lot of stuff so I think that's definitely becoming a way for me even doing a chunk of what needs to get done that I know that I can do ahead of time helps me a lot 
in work. So I would assume it would also help me in life. <laughs> it really does. And just to, for your listeners, just to be clear on what batching is, it's grouping like tasks and doing them in one chunk of time. So laundry, or if I'm responding to emails for work, just sitting down and responding to all your emails. And so that way all day, you're not looking at your phone and trying to respond to everybody. Like they can wait right. until the next day when you check your email at 9am and respond in that 30 minute period or however you have it set up, you know, um, cause your brain, what happens with your brain is that it has to shift everything. So you're focused on one goal. I'm focused on talking to you right now. But then if I were to do something else and try to multitask in this situation, I'm not really multitasking. There's no such thing. Your brain is going back and forth, back and forth. Right. And right. so you're losing your productivity. You're losing your effectiveness. You're making mistakes. But if I can just be all here with you and just talking to you right now, like I'm not distracted by anything else. And we can, we can do this interview and we can be productive in this time and not be so chaotic in our minds. Right. Yeah. I feel like that's me. I'm, my brain is so scattered. So I'm always all over the place. So focusing on one thing for me, I have to. Hey y'all, it's Lola here, host and producer of the Awkward Mom Stays podcast. And let me tell you, hosting and producing this podcast is not easy. I had no idea what I was doing and I still kind of don't. Don't tell anyone, but I don't. Buzzsprout has definitely been there to help me along the way. From hosting to helpful videos on what to do, how to edit, where to go, how to get music, you name it, they let me know how to do it. And their Facebook community is even more helpful. So let me tell you now, if you are a podcaster or you're trying to start a podcast or you have a podcast and you're looking for a host, definitely check out Buzzsprout. They've got everything you need to get started, even a domain name if you don't already have one. Trust me, I'm no tech genius. And Buzzsprout has definitely been my saving grace. So if you're interested, you can definitely click the link in the show notes and it will take you to Buzzsprout and they will walk you through everything you need on getting your podcast up, running and ready to go. Now back to the show. So I always ask like a pod deck question because I like to kind of see how people answer the questions. So what's the area of your life you want to focus the most on improving in 2021? I don't know if this falls into improving, but I've decided to write a book. And so I've been working on that. And so that feels like that is my main focus of 2021. Like I want to get that. I don't, I don't even know. I don't even know the process of it, but I have a lot of it written down. And so I want to finish writing it out and try to figure out the process of getting it published and all of that too. Right. Truly my desire. I feel like our life has been so uniquely hard. But I know that there's so many other people out there that have that unique hardness of right. foster care special needs buddies. And I think that there's so much, when you look around on the internet, it's like so much, oh, this is so great. I love him like my own son. And which I'm not thinking those people are lying, but people aren't posting the really hard stuff. They're right. not posting the struggles of their kids destroying their house or whatever those things are. So I really just want to bring light to the hardness so that people don't feel alone. Um, and so they, can also know that there's hope and there's tools and not that everything's going to be perfect, but that we can, that we as mamas can be okay and that we can move forward in parenting our people. Yeah. I guess that. that answer that question. I have uh, two friends that actually have special needs kids, but they're their own children. And even that's hard. And they say it's kind of lonely sometimes. Like people don't necessarily talk about all of the 
the struggles that you have to go through on a daily. So I can only imagine for someone that it's not their biological child that you have to really want and love that child enough to take on those tasks that that child isn't biologically yours. So there's a lot of people that are just like, oh, I'm done. It's it's too hard for me. I can't do that. So yeah, I think a book, like people would love that for ones that are doing the same thing that you're doing or going through the same thing you're going through. And they don't even really know anyone else that is necessarily unless they're, I would assume there's like, you know, support groups and stuff, but like not everyone knows about those. Yeah. Did you set any goals at the beginning of last year that you didn't achieve, still want to achieve, made progress on maybe? I know. I feel like COVID kind of took things to a different level, you know? It kind of okay, yeah. hindered things a little bit. So I had made goals for like business goals and stuff like that. And I feel like we just had to readjust everything. Right. And so I feel like it was not necessarily not achieving, but it was just readjusted. I mean, personal goals, I feel like mine are silly because I don't want to disappoint myself. I don't know what number this is of Enneagram that I'm like struggle with doing goals at the beginning of the year, but I'll say like silly things. Like I want to take our kids to X state and do X or so just like almost more fun goals with our people. But I feel like the personal goals, if I like, I want to be able to implement throughout the year and I, I struggle with the, okay, this year I'm going to eat healthy and I'm going to da 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 and kind right. of stating out, which I'm like, every year I've done that, I fail miserably and then totally yeah. forget about it. So I feel like I try to live a more realistic line. And this year, my word for the year is practice. Okay. So I'm trying to practice things that, that I have not been so great at. So recently I've been practicing going on walks, Okay, which sounds kind of silly, but I'm finding with my business and just with being home all the time, I'm just sitting a lot. And so I need to get up and move and, so I've been practice practicing exercising and being healthy. <laughs> I definitely have to practice the exercising. I, I was actually doing well before we moved. That's what I used to do. I used to take walks to just, I'd take my dog out and just go for a walk because it was just so freeing in the mind. I've heard a couple people say that they have started taking walks through COVID just to get out, just to get some fresh air and yes. get out of your own atmosphere for a little bit. <laughs> Yes, I have to. Aside from working on a book, which is amazing, that's going to be a pretty, I'm sure, a pretty awesome book with great information for those that are in the same situation as you. Do you have anything else in the works this year? I do have um, working on getting speakers together for kind of a special needs, not kind of a special needs little conference or workshop. And just giving special needs parents tools on how to create routines, how to set up your home for success in the organization realm. Like being a mom is really hard, period. Yeah. But then adding special buddies on top of that, it's just, it's a lot. Yeah. It's a lot harder. Um, And so I I really want to give mamas as many tools as possible and dealing with all the paperwork, all the doctor's appointments, all, all the things, giving them game plans and giving them help and resources to make things run smoother in their homes. Yeah. I think that, I think a lot of moms right now are really, most of my mom friends, that's what we've been kind of focusing on is just working on getting into a routine. I've noticed a lot of my mom friends are like starting businesses and stuff. They're like, I just, I want to spend more time with the kids. I feel like that was me too. Like during COVID, even though it was, I've after a while, you know, you 
you're in close quarters with each other for so long. <laughs> but like, I still was like, I kind of, I like this. Like, I, I don't want to leave to go to work now. Like, I want to be at home and do my work here so that I can, I can be with them more and spend more time with them. So I feel like that's a goal that a, a lot of moms have this year is just kind of trying to quiet the chaos a little bit and spend more time with their families and stuff. Yeah. And being present. Yeah. I think even so often we're home and we're there, but we're not present with our people. Right. I feel so. like that. I'm working on that. My being present, trying to, that's where I learned to start trying to batch things. Cause I felt like I was consistently on social media or on my phone doing something. And even though it's, you know, you're working on like a side business or whatever you're doing, you're still consumed in that. So it would be times where people were like talking to me and my husband would be like, uh, hello. And I'm like, oh, sorry. Like, I, what did you say? And then he has to repeat a whole story. So <laughs> I really have to focus on being more present as well. So it has been a delight talking to you. I'm so glad we finally got this internet figured out. I don't know why it keeps trying to fight me like this, but (laughs) we got it to work. So I'm so glad that I got to talk to you and I want you to like share your social media, your business, mama systems and everything. So everyone knows how they can find you and what you do and what your social media tags are. Yeah. So on Instagram at mama systems, Facebook, same thing. So M-A-M-A systems and my website is mamasystems.net. It's pretty easy. It's always easy to have like everything kind of the same name across the board. Cause when you have like 9 million different names, everyone's like, where do I find you? What's happening? I had to learn that hard way. Like I had, (laughs) I was just like making cutesy names and they're like, no, it needs to be across the board, ma'am. Like we can't, are not going to look up all these names. Well, thank you so much again, Laura, for taking the time to sit down with me and chat. I mean, this was really eye-opening. I think it's amazing that you are able to wrap your life up easier than some of us with less children because 10 kids, that is definitely, that's commendable, especially with special needs buddies. So I definitely commend you on that. That is amazing that you and your husband took the time to bring in children that needed a place. So that's really great. Thank you, Lola. Thank you for having me on. It was so fun meeting you. Yeah, no problem. We'll have to keep in touch. I'll, I'm so I'm following you on, on Instagram, so I'll keep in touch on the photos and stuff. Okay, that sounds <laughs> great. Well, that's it for the episode. I hope you guys enjoyed. I hope you learned a lot more and got to know Laura a little bit better. As always, thank you so much for tuning in. Head over to the Awkward Mom stage on Instagram and please give me a follow there. Share with your friends, neighbors, that cute girl at the gym or your husband. Also, it would mean so much to me if you donated to the podcast by clicking the Buy Me a Coffee link on the website, theawkwardmomstage.com, or click the link in the show notes. While I love doing this show, it's a passion project for me, even though this podcast will always be free, but your donations will help with behind-the-scenes hosting and editing costs, and I can continue to develop something special I have in the works for you guys. So please, if you can, donate to the pod. That would be awesome. But if you can't, it would be even more awesome if you can rate and review the podcast on iTunes or simply screenshot this episode, share and tag at the Awkward Mom stage on your Instagram story, and I'll reshare and also shout you out on the podcast. As always, I'm your host, Lola. Thanks so much for listening, and I'll talk to you guys next week. Bye. Thanks for joining me this week on the Awkward Mom Stage Podcast. 
Make sure to visit our Instagram page where you can follow and find information on next week's show and any updates for the podcast. Make sure you subscribe to the show on iTunes, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your favorite podcast shows. While you're at it, if you're enjoying the show, I'd appreciate it so much if you rate the show on iTunes or share this podcast with a friend. Be sure to tune in next Wednesday for an all new episode. I hope you're having an awesome week. Happy hump day. And always remember you're beautiful. Lola.